Hello, I'm Phil Ramsey, your host today. Jimmy Hicks is, he pulled an Elvis. He left the building. <laughs> but uh, he came by the studio a few days ago and says, I'm not going to be able to record this week. We take an annual trip to Nashville. I think they're at the Opryland uh, Hotel, and they go every year. He forgot all about it. So he said he couldn't be with me today. So what we're going to do uh, is we're going to play something. A couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to speak at Beaver Baptist Church. Uh, it's in uh, Brighton, Tennessee. It's the church, actually, that I got saved at around 30 years ago. And I was able to go and share a message with them uh, in Galatians. Had some common ground there. We're in Galatians now. Uh, but I'm going to preach a sermon on Galatians uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. So uh, we'll do that after the break. But just to let you know what's coming up in the very near future, next week we're going to end the book of Galatians. So we'll finalize that next week. And and uh, we really don't know where we're going after that. We may jump into the Old Testament a little bit. Uh, we're thinking about the book of uh, Romans uh, or James. Uh, we're, if so, if you would, hey, send us an email. What do you want to hear next? What would you like to study with us next? James, a little Old Testament, or Romans? Get on Facebook, look us up, let us know. And then the week after that, of course, is Christmas, and we have a special guest that will be with us in the Life Song Studios. I'm not going to tell you who it is. You just have to check back. We'll let you know next week. Tune in next week. We'll tell you who that is. But, they, but he's going to share a Christmas message with us, and uh, I'm very, very excited about that. So uh, get your cup of coffee, get your Bible. We'll see you right back here in a few minutes with some Life Song Radio. Teenage girl, much too young, unprepared for what's to come. A baby changes everything. Not a ring on her head, all her dreams. All her plans A baby changes everything A baby changes everything The man she loves She's never touched How will she Keep his trust a baby changes everything A baby changes everything And she cries Ooh, she cries
Song Radio. I'm Phil Ramsey. My co-host Jimmy's not with us today. So what we're going to do, a couple weeks ago, I was able to uh, speak at Beaver Baptist Church. Uh, like I said earlier, it's the church that I got saved in. Uh, the pastor, Shane Hartsfield, been very influential uh, in my life. And uh, for the last 10 years, he's actually been in China as a missionary. And uh, ate dinner, ate uh, lunch with him the other day. It's, it's kind of funny. Jimmy and I w- was eating lunch with Shane. And uh, we were eating at a, a Chinese buffet. And the waitress came over. And uh, Shane began to speak to her influent Chinese it was I think he was actually talking about me and Jimmy <laughs> but it was really neat to watch that but he's the pastor there and I tell you God is moving there uh, they're growing spiritually and uh, also God is adding to their number so it's really neat to see what's happening there but he asked me to preach 
Uh, he had to go out of town for some family issues, and I told him if he ever needed me uh, to give me a call, I, I'm, I'm there for you, just whatever you need. And he called me and said, Phil, I'm going to be gone. Will you preach? And I said, I would love to. And uh, they've been going through the book of Galatians also. So I, I've been given the job to speak uh, Galatians chapter 2, and we went through verse 10. So we're going to jump into the message a little bit. At first, I gave a little bit of my testimony and uh, reminisced with some of the people there. And uh, and then we got into the study. So we're going to fast forward, jump into it a little bit. And let me tell you something. These uh, these are some good good people. And and uh, maybe I did it a little bit different than normally uh, some preachers do. But I you will hear from time to time me how dialogue with the people there. And uh, I knew most of them. And uh, I tell you, it's family. And we had a great time. So sit back, enjoy, and I'll be right back after the message. I got a lot of good memories here. I'm telling you what, I've got a lot of good memories. First, I'd like to uh, recognize a couple of people. My wife, uh, Cindy Ramsey. Uh, I've been married for 25 years to her. And we dated probably seven or eight prior to that. Uh, some of you look at her right here. She's uh, and they and you look at her and you say, "Man, how did a girl like that ever end up with a good-looking guy like that?" Okay, I know. If you got eyes to see, you know that is the second life you do. <laughs> now, she's a wonderful. She's beautiful on the outside. She's even prettier on the inside. And I'm kind of. I'm a go-getter, and she pulls me back, and she we balance each other out real well. She's my wife. Got a, a son here, Skylar Randy. He's 22. Uh, Reagan, who's saint, she's 19. Grayson, uh, my other little girl, she is 12, but she's not here today. So that's that's my family. My mother's here. It's Betty. Uh, my daddy's here. Richard's here. Two mom, Deborah. Okay. So I'm glad y'all came today. But Shane, he, when he called a few weeks, he left me a voicemail. And I told Shane, I said, if you ever need anything, you let me know. I'm here. Whatever you need, let me know. We talk about every week. We talk about stuff, church stuff, family stuff. We'll work, actually, me and him are working on a website, you know, for the church. And I uh, said, so just whatever you need, Shane, I'm here. So I got a, a voicemail the other day. He said, Phil, I'm going to be gone. Thanks, Kevin. He said, they you preach. Okay. So and he told me, I said, what do you want to talk about? So well, we're going through Galatians. I'm watching the clock too. They said, uh, make sure I don't go past one. Is that right? <laughs> Is that right, Rick? Go for it. <laughs> well, why? Is that right? Huh? Okay. No. He said there'll be a special call deacons meeting. Rick will call if I go past one. But uh, so he said, well, we're going through Galatians. And I'm just going through the book line by line. And I said, well, that's great. I love that. And you know, you can't go wrong, this is my opinion, to teach through books of the Bible. And the reason that's good is because you can't jump over the stuff you don't like. There's a lot of stuff. And we studied, uh, I did a study a while back on our little radio program, First John. Oh, my goodness. It messed me up. Why? Because I had to start loving people I didn't like. I really did. Yeah, that's the truth. Not only there's people I, that I knew I didn't like. The Bible says I gotta love my enemy. I gotta love ISIS. 
Okay? You've got to love them. Why? They need Jesus. You going to hold back love from people that need the Lord? You can't do that. And feel if you don't love them, that means you hate them. And if you walk in hate and you don't repent, guess what? You don't belong to me. You can't do it. So I had to deal with it. I had to deal with it. It was rough. I had to start loving folks I hated. And I had a big old list of them. I really did. But God used His Word and I beat my head against it. And He's transformed my life by the power of His Word. And only this Word can do that. So my motto, when we're getting ready to study here, is, is we have to know, this is good for everybody, you got to know what you believe. Most people really, the average Christian, sometimes you should ask them questions, they can't answer them. So, our goal is to know what we believe. Right, Chris? We need to know why we believe what we believe. We need to know what we believe. We need to know why we believe what we're about to study. We see what it says. Why do we believe what it says? And now can I tell somebody else what it says? Know what it, know what it means? Know why, know why? And be able to communicate it. Can everybody in here communicate a sentence? Yes. And God's called us to tell people, what you learned today, if you learn anything, it's not for you. Share it with somebody else. Okay, let's move on. And the reason I say that, because you'll come across stuff in the Scriptures, like if you read in, uh, you read in Acts, you know, and, and the Jews says, what, what, what must we do? What did Peter say? Repent and be baptized. Oh, whoa, wait a minute. Repent and be baptized. Is there a conflict there on the surface? Are you telling me that salvation only occurs when I repent and I go under the water and come back up? Is it finished when I do that? That's what he said. That's what the book said. Is that true? Why? Okay, don't answer. Okay. Because <laughs> I got a lot of stuff talking. <laughs> but is it true? Does salvation happen only after you come out of the water? Well, on the surface, that's what it, that's what it says. And then we, we'll see also, like I said in 1 John, we, I referenced that earlier. This is crazy. 1 John 3 9, I'm paraphrasing. Whoever is born of God does not sin. Huh. If you've been, according to John, right here on the first surface, if you've been born again, you don't sin. If you sin, you don't belong to God. If you're a sinner, raise your hand. Okay? Some of us are not. <laughs> I need to meet with you after I'm here. Well, we've got a problem here. John says if we sin, we don't belong to God. That's what it says. I would say it. It said, is that true? Yeah. Is there more to the story? Yeah. Know what you believe. Know why you believe it. Jesus told the rich young ruler, you know what I got? The ruler said, what I got to do to be a disciple? What I got to do for all of you? Jesus looked at him. Sell everything you got. So now we've got to sell everything we've got in order to be a disciple. 
That's what it says. Is it true? Or is there more to the story? And now we're going to talk about a topic today uh, in James 2. We're talking about uh, justification. Alright? Are we, we justified by our faith? Or are we justified by works? James 2 says in there, if you read it, you're justified by works. Now there's more to it. But it says it. Does it mean it? Is it wrong? I don't think God's word is wrong. But it says it. So know what you believe. Is there more to the story? Is there a little bit more below what he's saying that we need to know? Absolutely. And when we don't know, we're in trouble. The world's got the world's got a they've got questions and we should have the answers. And I'm saying we need to always be learning. So uh, we have, and we're gonna be in Galatians chapter two, but Shane's been talking to you about uh, I think uh, about law and about grace and what's actually been going on. Uh, but we have a conflict, it appears, with law and grace. And the conflict is, if you, if you come down Candy Lane Road, you'll get to the end, and you'll see a sign, it's red, and it's, it's got the word stop on it. When you, come to that, when you come to that sign, what do you do? Unless you're riding a movie, you go through. Okay. So you come to the stop, the stop sign. It says stop. The law says stop. So therefore we must stop. Because that's what the law says. But what if you were coming down the, the street and you saw the stop sign and then there was a police officer in the intersection. He was saying, come on through. Come on through. See, the Judaizers that we're going to talk about, they couldn't get past the stop sign. Jesus said, come on through by my grace. They couldn't get past the stop sign because grand, Granddaddy Moses made the stop sign and we got to abide by the stop sign. We got to abide by the law and they're missing grace. So the Judaizers, they just could not get past the law. But the law's not a bad thing. Did God give the law? Did he? He did give the law. Is there a reason why he gave the law? Is there a reason, Blake, that he gave the law? Yes, there is. Would you uh, get a mic and come explain what you believe, why you believe, and communicate to the brethren? I'm just kidding. I think I changed his doctor when he was up. I really did. Literally. Yeah, my mama knows she changed his doctor. What? He was like 11, Okay, so the law has its purpose, right? You got that? Law has its purpose. So, this is something I don't think we ever, I think we know it, but we never don't hear the reality of it. Every one of us in this room have been born, right? How do we know that? We're here. Every one of us have been born. Every one of us have been born, what? Under the law. We were born under the law. <coughs> Jesus was even born under the law. God said that we must keep the law in order to have eternal life. Jesus was under the law. Did Jesus keep the law? How much of it did he keep? Every, what is it, dot and jittle, jittle? 
there with Jot and Tittle. Jot and Tittle. I mean, that's every little period. He kept it perfectly, but we were required to keep it. And if we can't keep the law, guess what? We're going to hell. So the law has its purpose. And everybody here has been born under the law. If anybody could keep the law better than most, well, I would say they probably be the Pharisees, right? They loved the law. They actually took God's law and added to it because they, they were having issues of keeping everything, so they made some other laws like, oh, you can't eat right here, or you can't do this, you can't do that. But Jesus dealt with them too. You know, he's talking to the Pharisees, and you know, you, you can't commit adultery. And then the Pharisees says, well, I haven't committed adultery. I have a wonderful wife. I've been faithful to her. So I have not committed adultery. Jesus says, let me ask you something. You ever looked at a girl in a way you shouldn't have? Well, you know, Jesus, I'm a man. I'm a man. You know, man do that. But I've been faithful to my wife. You ever looked at a girl in a way you shouldn't have? Well, yeah. Guilty. <sighs> Crap. I told you red that comes out. <laughs> so, you ever stole anything? Well, no, I haven't stolen anything. Man, I'm, I'm a good moral person. I don't believe I think that's wrong. Even as a kid, you've never stolen anything. You never took your daddy's sandals. You know? Well, I did that one time. Guilty! What? <laughs> so they were guilty. They were guilty. Well, a lot of you say, well, Phil, I understand that the law has its purpose. That's Old Testament, right? That's Old Testament. But let's look at the New Testament, right? What it says about God's law. In Luke 10, we, we see a situation where uh, Jesus was talking to the disciples, right? And after that, a lawyer came up to him. He said, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test. His motives were bad off the get-go. He's going to try to trick Jesus. Behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, Back to him, what's written in the law? Talking to the lawyer, Jesus asked him that. How do you read the law? And he answered, he said, You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and, okay, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said to him, Jesus said, you have answered correctly. If you do that, which you just answered, which was right, if you do that, guess what? You will live. You will live. And so the lawyer, he jumped right up, jumped over the love of God part. He said, well, look, who's my neighbor? Okay, he's still trying to treat Jesus. And Jesus told him the story. You're very familiar with the story of the the good Samaritan, right? When you think of that, you think, well, what's that story about? Well, we just got to be good to people. Well, we should, but that's not the reason for the story. The parable. So you have a man who came down from Jerusalem. He was attacked, beaten, right? He's beaten. He's laying on the side of the road. And then you have a priest coming 
And I can just imagine what he was saying. Oh, thank goodness, a priest. He knows the Word of God. He knows what he must do. And he's gone. He sees him. He goes to the other side of the road and passes him. And I'm sure the guy felt hopeless. And then here comes a Levite. You know what a Levite is? Never mind. So, I know what you believe. I'm so, here comes a Levite. And the guy's like, oh, thank goodness the priest didn't do his job. Here's another man who knows the scripture. He sees the man. He goes around him. My goodness. And then here comes another guy, a Samaritan. This was a Jew. I don't know if y'all know this. They don't get along. They hate it. Jews and Samaritans don't miss. So here comes a Samaritan and sees the Jew half dead on the side of the road. He goes up to the Jew. He has compassion on him. He sits down. He takes his oil and wine. And he soothes his sores. He bandages him up. He loads the Jew on his animal. And he walks. They go to the inn. The inn. He goes to the inn. And he stays with them all night. And then when he leaves, he pays the, the, the innkeeper and says, uh, I'm leaving money for him to stay. He said, actually, if you do the study, it's, it was enough for two months. He said, if I owe any more, if I owe any more, let me know and I'll pay it. And then, and then Jesus asked the lawyer, he says, which one of these three was your neighbor? He says, well, the last one was. He says, you do what he did and you will live. Question. Raise your hand, okay? That people that can drive. Have you ever drove somewhere and seen somebody on the side of the road who didn't have anything? Who didn't have any food? And you drive right by them? If you have ever seen anybody on the side of the road with a sign saying, I need food, raise your hand. Okay? Alright. Did you stop? Did you meet his needs? Did you feed him? Did you clothe him? And did you take him to your house until he was well? If you did that, Raise your hand. Guilty. Guilty. Every one of you are guilty, and I am too. Love God. How many of you, how many of you ever love God with all your heart, heart, and your mind? How many have done that? I haven't. Have you? No. Guilty. Every one of us are guilty. You know what we need? We need somebody to save us. Because we can't keep the law. We can't do it. We need a Savior. And we need somebody who will come and save us by His grace, right? And take this curse. The Bible says if you're under law, you're cursed. When you're born, you're cursed. So we need somebody to come and save us. We need somebody to become a curse for us. And that's why we have Jesus and grace. All right, let's move on. Quickly, okay? 
Oh, Rick is watching it. Paul. Just a quick review for those who weren't here. Paul. What happened to him on the road to Damascus? What happened? Somebody answer. He met Jesus. He was blinded by Jesus, right? Actually, the Bible says that, that, that he was actually chosen in his womb to be the messenger to the Gentiles. He was an apostle, just like the original 12. Full-blooded, full-credentials apostle. And a neat thing about apostle, you know, a couple of qualifications is you had to see the, re the resurrected Christ. You know, you had to be chosen by God. After that, you, these apostles did uh, perform signs and wonders. Do we have any apostles today like this? Anybody seen Jesus walking around? Huh? Anybody raising dead folks? Has anybody raised any dead folks out here? Anybody doing any signs and wonders? Now, there is a little difference between those apostles and then apostle. Apostle means to be actually, to be sent out. So a true apostle probably would be a missionary today. So, but but he was original. Apostle, not original, but he was uh, he was an apostle with the same weight as the other. After being saved, he went away for three years. I'll give you a few tests, okay? He went away for three years, and he was discipled by who? Jesus. I thought he was dead. I thought Jesus was dead. Isn't that crazy? Does that not blow your mind? That he went away for three years and was discipled by Jesus, just like the original 12? I'm not, that's pretty big time. I have a hard time getting over that right there. So after being taught for three years, he went back up to Jerusalem for how many days? Fifteen days. Uh, did he go to learn from Peter? Did he? He did not go up to learn from Peter. He went up to Jerusalem and got acquainted with Peter. Right? Not to learn. Everything he knew, he got from God. Right? So he didn't go up to say, well, tell me what I need to know. He went up and got acquainted. Wouldn't you like to bend down for that? Think about that. There's Peter, you know, Paul walks in. Peter, what's up, man? And so, man, and they just sit down and start talking. Man, tell me something. I was walking on the street. Matter of fact, I was going to persecute, put in jail, and kill folks just like you. Man, I was walking there and boom, I couldn't see nothing. It's crazy. It's crazy. And then God revealed himself to me. Man, you should have been there, Peter. It's unreal. Man, it was awesome. But man, what are you doing? You walk with Jesus. Is it really true you denied him three times? Are you crazy? So they just sat and talked about life. And they got acquainted. So we said he went up, back, got acquainted with him. Uh, and then we have in the text, Judaizers. Does anybody want to give me a definition of what that means? What is a Judaizer? Okay. A Judaizer is a, is a legalist. He believes in Jesus. He believes, actually, yeah, I believe in Jesus and the Son of God, the God for the sins of the world. He saves by His grace, right? But we've got to obey the stop sign. You have to be circumcised. 
I mean, that's just part of the deal. you got to be circumcised. You have to keep the law. So they were adding to grace, and they were, they were called Judaizers, and their whole strategy was to discredit, discredit Paul. They had to discredit, discredit who he was, right? If they could discredit who he was, they could discredit his message. I try to illustrate how that would look today. That's like if uh, Chris, Chris went to, I'm going to say Memphis State, I know it's Memphis University. So uh, Chris went to Memphis State. He studied for three years to be a nuclear scientist under Professor Jones. He got his degree. He's a nuclear scientist, right? You the real deal. <laughs> you the real deal. So here I come into the equation, right? I'm a nuclear scientist, right? I've never been to Memphis State. Chris studied under Professor Jones to get his degree. I did too. Wait a minute, Professor Jones is dead. How can you study under Professor Jones when he's dead? Dude, you ain't even been to Memphis. You're not a real apostle. He's a real apostle. And what he says is right. Okay? You ain't the real deal. So the Judaizers are discrediting Paul. He ain't the real deal. He's preaching a false gospel. We preach this just like the men of repute up in Jerusalem. They're one of us. Okay? Oh, we just hit, hit it wide open. All right. So, who's gonna read? Uh, who's gonna read for us? Come here. So he's gonna read Galatians, Mr. Thorne, two one through ten. I don't know what mic you grab your mic there. I got blue. Okay, so the scripture reading is Galatians two one through ten. It says, Then after an interval of fourteen years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along also. It was because of a revelation that I went up, and I submitted to them the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. But I did so in private to those who were of reputation, for fear that I might be running, or had run, in vain. But not even Titus, who was with me, though he was a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. But it was because of the false brethren secretly brought in, who had sneaked in to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus, in order to bring us into bondage. But we did not yield in subjection to them for even an hour, so that the truth of the gospel would remain with you. But from those who were of high reputation, what they were makes no difference to me, God does not show partiality. Well, those who were of reputation contributed nothing to me. But on the contrary, seeing that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised, for he who effectually worked in for Peter in his apostleship to the circumcised effectually worked for me also to the Gentiles, and recognizing the grace that had been given to me, James and Cephas and John, who were reputed to be pillars, gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, so that we might go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They only ask us to remember the poor, the very thing I also was eager to do. Thank you, brother. Uh, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your precious word. We're just so grateful that, that we can 
be gathered together and read it, we realize that in some places of the world you could be killed for doing this. Lord, may we never take that for granted. We thank you for your word. Uh, we know that it transforms lives, and we're just asking that your spirit be here and teach us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, just to go pretty quick, y'all, so don't get worried. Let's just go through it, do these verses real quick, and 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 see what it says. He's been gone for 14 years. All right, I'm, I don't know if Shane asked questions. What was he doing for 14 years? Don't be scared. What was he doing for 14 years? Yeah, preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. He also went up by revelation. Okay, he went up by revelation. All right, to Jerusalem from who? We, here we have a little conflict. These, we're fixing to hit a situation here because this same story is in Acts 15. It says that he went up from a revelation from God, but in Acts 15 it says the church sent him. Which one is right? Did the church send him? Or was it a revelation from God? This is a good answer that y'all can use a lot. The answer is yes. Yes, God works through His church. God did reveal to Him. Also, God confirmed through the church also. Acts 13, you'll see the same scenario happen in the first missionary journey. Uh, that's exactly how it worked out. The, God, uh, the church sent them. Also, God called them to do that. So, Paul is going up to Jerusalem to meet with the apostles. Was he going to, fit, was he going to say, man, I hope. Whew, these guys over here saying one thing. I'm going up, going up here, and I got to, I got to make sure what I'm saying right, because I might have done God off. Was that, was that what he was doing? No, he knew what he, he knew what he believed. He knew what he believed. He knew what he knew was right, and, uh, and he wasn't wrong because he was taught by God himself. You know, it's like studying under a math teacher. Two plus two is four. I know that. The Judaizers bring a little common core into it. You can't do common core with the gospel. Okay? Two plus two is four. Okay? Grace, faith, not of works. I know what I'm doing. And I'm going up to, to, to talk to them about that. So, Paul and Barnabas, they head off and they take Titus also. Okay? Why in the world are they taking Titus? I mean, Here's why. Here is a full-blooded Gentile. His mom and daddy were Gentiles. <coughs> Titus was born again by God's grace. Guess what? He never was circumcised. Oh my goodness, we got a problem. So Paul takes, we don't have a problem. Paul takes Barnes up here, brings Titus. If the Judaizers are right, then the apostles will tell him to be cut right on the spot. Exhibit A, Titus, right? That's why that's why that they brought them. conflict. Ready? What we believe, why we believe, and communicate. Why did Paul circumcise Timothy? Timothy was his spiritual son. Paul is teaching salvation by grace through faith, and you're, nothing you do can have any part of it. Not anything. And then he, then he circumcised Timothy. Oh, what's up with that? Can you explain to somebody why that happened? 
So you can see how things start rising up. Why did he circumcise Timothy? Well, Timothy was half Jewish, right? He was half Jewish. And in order to get in amongst them in their synagogues and hang out with him, he needed to be one of them. Salvation wasn't, I mean, circumcision had nothing to do with salvation. It was to gain entrance into the synagogues. How does that look today? You ready? Everybody ready? Uh, this how many years ago? Uh, let's just say 25 years. It's a true story. True story, okay? I'm a photographer. I'm up on Square. I got my business, right? Brand new business in town, Mr. Phil Ramsey. I'm a big time photographer, you know? And so, one of my first clients, I got him in the back of the camera room. And I remember who it was. It was a bride. She's so church here, by the way. I'm back there doing a the bridal portrait, you know, here I am, I'm feeling I'm a photographer. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I hear this racket, noise. I'm like, what? I mean, it was crazy, screaming, noise, racket. I'm trying to run a respectable business. I'm Phil Ramsey. I'm a photographer here in town. <laughs> I'm really nobody, and I'm fine with it. But uh, so, I get so mad. I'm back there taking a picture of that bride. I said, wait just a minute. I go up front. I'm pissing. Get on somebody. And I open those doors, and here come all these kids, right? They're skating by my door, making racks. Big baggy pants, black lipstick, earrings. Black hair, gothic, dark. I'm about to lose my mind. You know why? Because I'm Phil Ramsey. I'm trying to run a respectable business. <laughs> so I, I come out that door, and when them rats out suckers, man, they skate by me, and he stops. And he turns around, and he skates back to me. I said, What are you doing? Shame, Hartsfield. <laughs> What are you doing skating with the hoodies? He became one of them so that he could win some of them. It wasn't salvation. It was common ground. So he circumcised He circumcised Timothy so he'd have common ground. It'd be like this, Mike. I said it before. It'd be like this. Y'all got a wildlife supper coming up? Right? So here's Mike. Mike Hartsfield, he's sitting there, sitting there, okay, eating a bowl of possum, right? <laughs> and he's stopping it up with the bread, and here comes a man, right? He walks into the wildlife supper, got a suit on, got a Donald Trump hairdo going on, tied all his shoes, he walks in, he sits beside Mike, and he says, well, hello, I'm so-and-so. And Mike looks at him, how you doing? You know, he was awesome. So, well, the other day, uh, Mr. Mike, I was uh, out in the woods, and uh, there was a male deer, a male, a male buck deer, okay? And he had, he had horns, and he was out in the, the, uh, the food area plot that I had prepared for him, and there was a female deer, okay? And he was kind of following the female deer around, you know? And uh, so I knew I had one shot. So I, I, got, I got my high-caliber rifle up, and I, I pointed it at the male deer. His horns are pretty big, by the way. And I, I fired the, 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 the uh, weapon, and I hit the deer and uh, took it to the processor. 
And uh, anyway, my wife cooked them on the, uh, the grill last night. It was very good, very good. Mike would be, yeah, yeah, that's cool, you know. But what if another guy comes in wearing camo, right? Sits down beside Mike. What's up? My name's Phil Andrews. Hey, how you doing? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what happened to me the other day. I was in a deer stand. Big Daddy walked out. I mean, he was a wall hanger, right? This cat was huge. And he was chasing a hot doe. Man, she, it was full rut. He wasn't thinking. He was stupid. And the deer wasn't talking. I pulled out my 30 out six. I fired one off. Boy, I busted that ass. I busted. We cut some back straps out that night. Cindy threw them on the grill. Man, family came over. It was good. And Mike, yeah, high five. <laughs> so becoming one, becoming one, it's not so, right? You know, it's just common ground. All right, that's, that's crazy. That's probably a true story. Now, right, let's, let's, let's go through it very quickly, all right? All right, so let's just, I'm, I'm going to skip some of this stuff here. He went up to, to Jerusalem to talk to the men of repute, right? The men of repute there at the church of Jerusalem Mainly was referring to Peter, James, and John. James being the half-brother of Jesus. Judaizers put a lot of clout on these guys. They said that they think just alike. Paul's gone to deal with this. So that so, here's the word. It says, where when we find where it says, so that the fear of him running in vain. So was it, what is that saying? Is Paul thinking everything? No, he's going to make sure that these apostles, these church fathers in Jerusalem, aren't soft on legalism. They're not wavering. We're, I think uh, Shane will teach next week about Peter. Peter wavered probably next week's sermon. He was doing some things he actually talked differently. So he was going up there to find out or to, to set it straight. The gospel of grace, grace alone, by faith alone. And uh, that's why he went to make sure that they agreed with him. All right, let me read verse 3 here. So, it says, but not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised. Guess what? He's there. If this is what you're saying is right, Judaizers, then the apostles say you won't have to cut him. He was not compelled. Judaizers hated that. Because if, if the, what they taught was right, he would have to get circumcised. He left uncircumcised. So that sent messages to him. Verse 4, it says, But it was because of false brethren who had sneaked in to spite our liberty, which we have in Jesus Christ, in order to bring us into bondage. So, false brethren is really translated sham Chris, Christian, a false Christian. It says they were snuck in. This was a deliberate attack. You see, in, in, in fellowships of churches, there are people, let's pray not here, but it could be, that are not saved. Okay? They're not saved. They're false brethren. Okay? I don't know if y'all know this. That picture right there, that's the church made up of 100% sheep. There's no goats in that picture. There's no horses. There's no lions. There's no wolves. This is this the perfect picture. 
Every one of you have been born again, okay? If you hadn't, I'm going to tell you how in just a second. But these Judaizers were fake Christians. They were sinning. Well, who sent them? Was it the Pharisees? Could be. Was it a, a mad priest? Could be. Ultimately, who was it? The devil. The devil. What is, when, when, when you go and spread the gospel, two steps behind you, the devil is coming, planting tares amongst the wheat. So, bottom line, the devil did it. Alright? So, Paul's preaching uh, salvation by grace through faith. Judaizers say, no, that's not true. It's, yes, grace is faith, but you got to be cut, you got to obey the law. Who can obey the law? Who can obey the law perfectly? Nobody. Guess what? You're cursed. They were trying to put back into a slavery system that nobody could keep. And only one could. And because he did, and if we are in him, we're perfect. And we've kept the law because we're in Christ. That's the key, y'all. You're born, you're an Adam. Did you choose to be an Adam? Did anybody choose to be an Adam here? No. You're born a sinner. God says, God says a sinner is his enemy. Did you know you were born God's enemy? You were born in sin. The Bible says you're a child of wrath. That's our condition. We need to be reborn again. Okay? Let's keep going. Verse 5. But we did not yield in subjection for them for not even an hour so that the truth of the gospel might remain. He didn't waver. He did not waver one bit. But those of who are high reputation, what they are makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those who were reputation contributed nothing to me. What does that mean? I don't care if you're Billy Graham. Don't mean nothing to me. Don't mean nothing to me, and it really don't mean nothing to God. Okay? Seven. But on the contrary, it seems I have been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. So what some people will do right here, they will say, oh, we got two Gospels here. No, that's not what it means. you got two groups of people, and, and they're both in commission to give the same Gospel to those two groups of people. Verse 8, For he who effectively worked for Peter in his apostleship to the circumcised effectively worked for me also to the Gentiles. He, who is he? He is the Holy Spirit. The word worked means, okay, I may say this wrong in the Greek, right? Energeo. What does that word sound like? Energy. The same energy that worked through me is the same energy that worked through Peter. It's kind of like a, 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 any electrician here. It's like electricity. You got a wire, you got electricity. You're the wire, you're the conduit. God's got a message for them to hear, okay? Through you. The power is not in the wire. The power is in electricity. How are we going to turn light bulbs on if we're not going out and being a conduit, right? Alright, so verse 9. And, and recognizing the grace that had been given to me, James and Stephen and John, who were, who were reputed to be pillars, gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we might go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. So what there after the meeting, right? They gave the right hand of fellowship. When we give, when we shake hands today, if you shake hands or ride in a movie, that's what they're going. They're going to do one of those, ain't you? 
when back in the day, oh, fist bump, okay. Back in the day, when they would shake hands, this means brother. This is the right hand of fellowship. This means partnership. He was showing everybody he's preaching the same gospel that we're preaching. He's right the same way, and we back up everything he says. We are partners in the gospel of grace that killed the Judaizers. Didn't kill them, but they hated it. Verse 9 says, I'll just read verse 9 of it. Verse 10, they only asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was also able to do. Paul had no problem uh, helping people. That's what he's called today. He actually had, he had another visit to uh, Jerusalem that wasn't mentioned here, but it wasn't very that important. But he was eager to do that. So let's, let's wind it up. How can we apply this to us? Well, First, like we just read, we need to help each other. There's some folks in here in this fellowship that don't have a lot. We need to help each other. We need to help each other. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 17, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against them, how does the love, God's love abide in him? Okay? James 2, 15, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to him, Go in peace, be warm, filled, without giving them the needs, the needed for the body. What good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, uh-oh, there it is, is dead. So what does that say about faith? We're saved by faith alone, but here's the deal. Faith is never alone. Who's got a garden in here? Is that close? Anybody got, you got a garden? Tell me about that time when, what do you plant? Give, give me something to plant. Tomatoes. What did you say? Foodstuffs. Food. So did the tomato produce the root or did the root produce the tomato? That's a very easy question. <laughs> <laughs> what comes first, the tomato or the root? <laughs> If the tomato comes first, uh, we'll have a talk of it. No, it's I'm messing with it. If the root is in Christ, it will produce fruit. Some produce 30, 60, 100. There will be fruit. No fruit, no root. No root, no salvation. No salvation. So, in closing... Let's take, care of, let's take care of our brothers. Let's even go love our enemies. Let's clothe and feed them too because they're our neighbor. Anybody that crosses your path is your neighbor. Wherever you go today, you go to Walmart, you walk down the aisle, guess what? That's your neighbor. Okay? We must partner in the gospel. See, this picture here of the church, we come together, okay, the under-shepherd, which is shame, what does he do? He feeds the flock. He leads them to that beautiful pasture. He feeds the flock. He protects the flock. If he's doing his job correctly, he knows his sheep. Every blue moon, there'll be somebody come in. And so the shepherd goes and finds out who's in his flock. Most people aren't. Most churches for saved people, some may disagree, but the world that hates God, who is at war with Him, 
is not coming through those doors. They're not going to do it. God has called us. He says, Phil, I've saved you by my grace. Anything you did had nothing to do with it. Man, if you want to think it does, then you're falling from grace. There's nothing you can do to earn salvation. You can't do nothing. It's like this, and we'll close. You got Moses. Here's a picture of what it is. Moses is leaving Egypt. Pharaoh is behind them with the law, chasing Moses. In front is the, is it the Red Sea. The Red Sea. So Moses is coming at them from behind, pushing them to a sure death. That's what that's what it, what's going to happen. As you look around, there's nowhere to go except up. The only way you can escape the law and death is look up and you can't get there. Here's what you do. You cry out for mercy. God, save me. I can do nothing to save myself. You know what His Word says? He will. He will. I don't care. i got two minutes. I don't care if you're in this building. That don't mean you're a Christian. This is brick and mortar. This is brick and mortar. The church is mobile. The church is on twos. Just because you're here don't mean you're saved. So here's what you got to know. God is holy. He's righteous. He's the creator of everything. Created by Him for Him. He's holy and He's a judge. Okay? And He judges sin. You know why? Because He's judged. And He judges it because He's a good judge. He don't pardon sin. Sin's got to be paid for it. There's a payment due, and none of you have what it takes to pay it. You're guilty. You're under the curse of the law. You've broken this law. And the wages of breaking this law is death, and you're going to die. You're going to die. Jesus came to, to this world, born of a virgin, not the seed of a man, but by the Holy Spirit. This law that we all live under, it's a curse that sends us straight to hell. He was born and walk and obey every, what is it, jot and tittle, perfectly. Not only did he die the perfect death, but he lived the perfect life. And if we are in Christ, we can have everything he has. That's eternal life. So what's your response to that? Listen, repent of your sins. What you're doing, the life that you're living, okay, is wrong. Agree with God that you're a sinner. Turn from your sin. If you never turned, if you're walking, I agree, I'm a sinner. I agree, I'm a sinner. But you've never turned and went to God. That don't mean perfectly. Ain't nobody perfect. You're going to sin. But if the direction of your life is this way, yeah, I believe in God, what well, the devil does too. If I, I believe in God, but there's been no turn in going to Christ, and being sanctified every day until one day you see Him, you'll be like Him. If this turn isn't happened, you need to repent of your sins and you need to believe that Jesus Christ is who God said He was. The Savior of everyone who believes. For God so loved the Lord He gave His only begotten Son. Everyone believing in the Son will not perish. Not perish. This is intellectual believing. It's in believing that the parachute is real. This is putting the parachute on and jumping out of the plane. That's what you got to do. Anyway, if, if you have questions about 
Man, I just don't know. I'm, I, I'm not here. I love to talk to you. Chris is here. I'm sure others are too. But let me just say this, and, and I'm, I'm through. If you have been saved, okay, praise God. Praise the Lord. All right. You have been saved to know Him intimately. I'm talking know Him. Now, nobody can take you out of His hands. Rest in that. Enjoy being a co-heir with Christ, sitting in heaven place and giving the keys to the kingdom, inheriting everything Jesus got. Enjoy that. Now that you enjoy it, split them doors and make Him known. That's why you're here. If you don't, we need to go back a little bit. That's how the gospel is free. Amen. I would like to thank uh, Shane Hartsfield and the good people of uh, Beaver Baptist Church for allowing me to come and share. And I just had a great, great time. Just some great people there. And uh, we, had a, we had a good time. We laughed. Uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. I really, really did. But next week, we're going to wind up Galatians. And uh, the following week, we'll have a, a special guest in the studio, and uh, he will share a Christmas message, and you don't want to miss that. Jimmy will be back with us next week. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, you can send us an email. Also, you can listen to the broadcast uh, after it airs every Sunday at lifesongradio.com. So, again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.